the best I'm blessed to know that lust is a test I used to be the victim now I'm just envisioning I'm knowing this is I'm Susie Landolfi and welcome to Be Crazy Well Now why would a therapist say that because we all have mental health struggles even therapists The good news is we have so much more information about how we can be crazy well On my podcast we don't focus on what's wrong with us we want to know what happened to us We're going to explore how trauma affected us, both negatively and positively. That's right. I said positively. It's called post-traumatic growth, and it's a real thing. Be Crazy Well will share mental health wellness practices, the newest mental health research, and most importantly, how we all get to create the person we deserve to be and the life we deserve to live. So join the mental health evolution and be crazy well. Now, it's interesting. You can do something for a long time and still learn so much about what you don't know. And you can learn how to do it better. I don't care if you've been doing it for 40 years. I learn something new every day. I learn a whole bunch of stuff that I don't know, which is really important for me because I used to be a know-it-all. That's right. I suffered from the horrible, horrible disorder called know-it-allism. And it served me for a while. I mean, I learned it as a kid, you know, when most of the people in your life are under the influence of alcohol, someone better know some shit. So I got very competent very quickly as a child. And I trusted that more than I did anything else. Which is unfortunate because that gave me huge holes in my growth, in my development, in my ability to be, uh, well, stable. For one thing, physically, emotionally, intellectually, uh, spiritually and financially stable, stable like like a table where you can put a glass on it and it doesn't rock, um, that one leg doesn't give out from underneath, that you know that it can hold what it is that you're putting on it. And for years, I thought I was holding all the things that I was putting on my life or that I allowed other people to put on my life. And it was not true. And eventually I collapsed. Much like a table with too much shit on it. And the best thing that ever happened to me was I collapsed. And I lost everything, including my dog. And when I mean everything, I mean everything. And what was really interesting about losing everything was it gave me the perfect moment, the perfect opportunity to truly start from scratch. I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened. I thought it was the end of my life. I thought I should end my life. And yet something said to me, well, this is an opportunity to rebuild, recreate from scratch. There's nothing I have to keep. Of course, I didn't have much to keep anyway. And I mean internally and emotionally and intellectually and spiritually, that I could question everything about 
who I thought I was, what I thought I wanted, how I wanted to be in the world. And it was the greatest time of my life, the most painful, the most terrifying, and the greatest time of my life. I oftentimes liken it to how my daughter cleans out a garage. So my daughter works as an organizer for other people and for us. I'm truly grateful for what she can do. And when she decides to clean the garage, she doesn't just rearrange all the shit in the garage. She literally, to my my tiredness and my, you know, oh my God, here we go again feeling, she takes everything out of the garage. She takes out things we know we're going to keep. Yet every time we take everything out, we get to decide again if we're going to keep that. And as much as I go, oh, I know she's right. I know it's the smartest thing to do. I know that we should reevaluate everything that we have in that garage. Because even though I wanted it a year ago or six months ago, it may not need to be there any longer. We thought we needed it. We thought it was working. We thought it would help us. And yet it doesn't anymore. And we wouldn't know that if we just assumed that we did. And we didn't actually take it out of the garage and stand there and look at it and say, do we want to keep this? Does this help us create the life and the home that we deserve? And I was thinking, I work with people every day. And if I could do one thing, just one thing for everybody that I work with, I wish that they would lose everything. Oh, I know that's a horrible thing to say. Well, maybe, maybe not everything, but most everything. At least don't lose it. Just evaluate it. Just go through every thought, every feeling, every belief, every action, everything that you thought was you and really look at it and really decide whether or not you want to keep that. Does it serve you? Does it create the person you deserve to be? Does it fit your principles? Does it create the life that you deserve to have? Does it help you build the relationships, the partnerships with people that you say you love? Does it actually help you do that? Yeah, it's time consuming. I know what you're saying. It's like, oh, why? I know I want that. That's who I am. I love when people say that's who I am. And I go, really? Are you sure? Because most of what you think about yourself and feel about yourself was either done to you or told to you. I mean, and unless you came out a fully formed adult, I'm assuming that you went through some kind of nurturing and development with some kind of other people. Some kind of family, some kind of relatives, some kind of facility, something got you to the point to where you are now. Some things, some experiences, some people. And they influenced you. And they did things and said things. And you had to decide, or maybe you didn't even decide. Maybe you just thought that must be true. That must be true. 
And is it? I thought a lot of things were true about me. I thought there were a lot of things about myself that I never wanted to give up or change. I felt a lot of things about myself that I thought were true. And things that I felt that I thought would never change. Wow, what happens when you lose everything and you're willing to take a look at every thought, every feeling, every action of your life? You're going to find out that it may, well, very little of it may be true. Maybe it was true a while ago and it's not true now. Oh, that's kind of like a scientific fact, right? You know, we thought that we should drill holes in people's heads to let the demons out to make you better. Uh, mental health-wise. And we figured out, oh, that's probably not a good idea. So this idea that we can literally assess and take a look at and question and kick the tires and even give up something for a while to see if it really is something that we want in our life. What a blessing. And I was, I was talking to two people today. One is a, a young, wonderful, amazing artist, a performing artist. And we were talking for a long time about what she had done in the past and what had happened to her in the past. And we talked a lot about what she thought and what she felt about her childhood and about her present life. And some of the things that we came up with were that she's been creating other people in theater, on screen, in television for a very long time, like when she was a little girl. And all of a sudden, we both realized that, well, wait a minute, you've been creating other people for so long. Do you really and have you really taken the time to create who you want to be? Because what happened for her was she didn't believe or think that she as a person without her work was valuable. That if she wasn't creating art and wasn't performing, then there wasn't anybody there that was valuable. That, That her value came from creating other people not from creating the person that she deserved to be. And then I was talking to a combat veteran later on that day. And sort of the same thing happened. Is that He went into the military after college, and then he went um, into basically the CIA. And he started to become a spy. And he learned how to be a spy. And what was interesting was he had to pretend to be a lot of different people. I mean, he literally lived in other countries as, I don't know, an imposter. Somebody who had to be something one minute and somebody else the next, and then had to deny, and then had to deny again. And actually, when he came out of the military and out of the CIA, he realized that what he's good at is creating other people. Just like this other person I was talking to today, this young woman. And so he started to create characters in film 
and he got very successful. And what's interesting is both of these people had something very important in, in common, was that they were never given the opportunity. They were never encouraged to create the person they want to be, that they deserve to be. So that when they weren't able to create other people, they weren't able to do that work, they didn't feel empty or lost or invisible or worse, invaluable. So what we're working on now, these two amazing people that I have the honor to work with, is starting from scratch. That's it. We get to start from scratch. I don't care how old you are. You can start from scratch anytime you want. That's actually your right as a human being. This is that you get, you get to create the person you deserve to be and the life you deserve to live. Every moment of, of every day, all the time, regardless of the situation. So even within your small situation of parameters, I, in fact, I met the most wonderful human being. His name's Charlie Plum. He was a prisoner of war uh, during the Vietnam War. And uh, he, I believe, was a prisoner for eight years. And he lived in an eight-foot cell. And when you first meet him and you hear his story, he paces eight steps one way, turns around, and eight steps another. And then he continues to do that. Uh, for about almost five, six minutes, you're just watching him pace. And within this horrific situation of being a prisoner of war in what they called the Hanoi Hilton in Vietnam, he had the opportunity to create the person he wanted to be. Even within all of those restrictions, he talks so much about what he discovered was truly important. That he realized that his life mattered and all the other men that were prisoners of war, their lives matter. It didn't matter if they were tortured and gave up any of the secrets that they had. That's not what was important because their commander said, your mission is to come home. That's it. Your mission is to come home. So do whatever you have to do within the confines of this situation and make sure you come home. And what that meant was that they couldn't depend on their situation to determine their value. It meant that they, every day they could decide that they were going to go home. So it didn't matter how badly they were tortured. It didn't matter what they were fed, it didn't matter the conditions at that point. I'm not saying they weren't horrific. I'm saying that something became more important and they realized they still had a choice. They still had a choice. And I think about Charlie a lot. He actually lives right down the road from here. And I think that, and I just want to tell you a little more of the story. He finally got released and came home only to find out that his wife had believed that he was not alive and she married someone else. And even that, even that didn't 
dissuade him from creating the person he deserved to be and the life he deserved to live every minute of every day. He still does. I get inspired by people who don't allow their situation to determine their value because I did. I did for a long time. What was outside of me was more important and more valuable than what was inside of me. That someone else's thoughts and feelings about me were more important than my thoughts and feelings about me. That someone else's actions could determine whether or not I felt valuable, whether or not my life meant something, and and as opposed to my actions. I had a wonderful text today from a, a man I really look up to, well, first of all, I was like 6'5", um, but besides that, um, and uh, he's a, a great person who's teaching me how to box and teaching me a lot of other things. And he texted me today and said, now, does it matter if you, you start with deciding three principles in your life or six or more? And I thought, wow, this man's going deep. He's getting down to the number. Because we were working on this idea that if you base your life on principles, it's much easier to make decisions. If the decision supports your principles, then it's probably a great decision. May not be a fun decision, may not be an easy decision, may not be a fun or easy outcome. But the one thing you know is, is that you can live with it. Some people even die with them, with those decisions. And I, I was sort of thinking about this man is deciding who he really wants to be. That he's going to think long and hard about the principles that he's going to now base his life on, not his thoughts and feelings. And so I wrote him back and I said, it's probably a good idea to start with three and make sure that you can live with those three principles. Make sure that they become a part of who you are. Make sure that they become uh, embedded in everything. Make sure, much like when I box, when when they say one, two, three, or they say, you know, three, six, five, whatever, I don't have to think about it anymore. My, my fists start flying without me thinking about it because those, those striking poses, those Punches now are part of who I am, much like when I get up and start walking. I know I'm going to move one foot and then the other. So I wanted to share that with you because it's so important to remember as, as critical as we can get about ourselves, as terrible as the situation is in our lives, it, it, like as much as we've lost, as much as we have screwed up. We still have that choice, that choice every minute to reassess, to recreate, to become what it is that we deserve to be. I oftentimes use this metaphor about uh, running away from things versus facing things. And as, as strong as I acted as a young person and as much as I've done in my life. And I looked like I was facing everything and I was a fighter and a, a social justice warrior, whatever it was that I was doing. 
little did I know, and little did most people know, that I was really running away from things. That when I was doing something, it was because I didn't want to deal with something. And what I didn't want to deal with was how invaluable I felt most of the time. How I was an imposter a lot of the times. How I was in denial about how hurt I was and how much my childhood had affected me. And I think about those days and I think about that where I looked like I was running into a burning building to help people and to help be the the hero when I was actually running away from. That was a hard lesson, a hard reality for me to admit. And yet I did it when I lost everything. It was so easy then to see what I truly was running from. So I invite you, this is a great time to do this in the summer. You know, you have a little vacation time or things are a little slower. Um, Things are sort of less complicated in many ways because, you know, the kids are not in school or or more people are, are just sort of hanging out, going to the beach. People are trying to slow their, their life down a bit. At least I hope you are. I hope you're taking some time. What a great moment to be able to clean out the garage, to be able to really take a look at yourself and face it, much like that metaphor of the buffalo. You can run. You can run like a cattle from the storm. And as the storm is bearing down on you, you're getting more tired and more tired and you're trying to run faster. And all that's happening is you're slowing down and the storm is catching up and chances are you'll freeze in mid-step every time you try to outrun that storm. Or you can be the buffalo. You can turn around. You can face that storm and run right towards it. And what's interesting about that for me now when I have to face those things that I'm afraid of, that I don't like, that I know are going to hurt, man, I get through it a lot quicker. I also get through it without a lot of collateral damage. Man, I caused a lot of collateral damage in my family. So I invite you. I invite you to clean out the garage. Do it. Take everything out. Everything. Look at it. Decide if you really need it. Decide if it serves your principles. And if it does, put it back in. Or better yet, move it into the house if you need to use it. And have a great summer. Hope we don't have to face too many storms, although it seems to me like that's what we're going to be doing a lot of. We're going to have to face a lot of storms. So get close together. Help one another. Face those storms with honesty and with principles. So I'm Susie Landolfi, and I'm crazy well, or at least I'm working on it. And that's the name of this podcast, Be Crazy Well. If you're going to be crazy, do it well. Do anything that's worth doing, do it well. Have a great summer, and uh, I'll be here. I'll be here to share in a little bit of these struggles I'm going through. And thank you, Calvin Love, for a wonderful theme song, Be Your Best Self. Be crazy well and be your best self. Until next time. 